Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by CoinCierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution, helping to make purchasing easy, safe, and the overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream. All right, let's take a jump into the market and see what's going on. Looks like there's finally some fireworks, everyone. All right, so looking at it, market cap. Total market cap of cryptocurrencies up to $223 billion. That's up huge over, you know, yesterday we were looking at about 212, so right over $10 billion. The market is up. Bitcoin dominance still sitting at uh, over 50% at 52.3%. Huge day, a lot of greens. Bitcoin's currently up 3.43%. Ethereum's up over 10%. Ripple over 13% over the day. Uh, up 82% over the last seven days for Ripple. Now, Ripple saw a spike. Ripple's currently sitting at 50 cents at the time of this recording. But Ripple today spiked close to 80 cents. And I'll talk a little bit about that, some of that market action, when I get to the crypto education corner, because it's something I got in a little bit of a heated debate on one of the social media groups today uh, when I made a comment about what was going to happen. And we'll talk a little bit about how to handle when something that you're looking at is surging, what to do if you're in the trade, what to do if you're not in the trade, uh, just to kind of protect yourself and maximize your investments. So looking at that, like I said, a lot of them are sitting up big over the last 24 hours. Very few are in the red. Uh, in fact, I think the only red I saw over the last 24 hours was Dogecoin that's in the top 50. All right, so a lot going on. Look like the bulls are trying to take control of this crypto market. So, which leads us into our first topic in the news today, Michael Novogratz. I mentioned him in a few episodes ago. He's the founder of the cryptocurrency asset manager firm, Galaxy Digital, believes the market has hit a bottom. Now, typically when the market hits a bottom, it's not really confirmed until you've seen some true trend reversals and you're well on your way up. Typically, it's, we're well into a bull market before it's confirmed that, yes, this is indeed a bull market and not just another trap, not just another leg of the downtrend. And that's what he is saying happened. Looks like he said the market is experiencing seller fatigue. Novogratz contended while speaking at Yahoo's Finance second annual all market summit on Thursday. He added further that Bitcoin, the biggest cryptocurrency by market cap, is now on the upswing. Bitcoin is definitely showing signs of life. Uh, 6,000 has been a key support area. It's been it's held above every time it has dipped below that. Multiple times, we've seen a quick and violent upswing back over the 6,000 mark, which just shows that most people feel that is the true bottom. I know there's still some critics out there calling for a $4,000 Bitcoin. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll have to see how this plays out. Is Novogratz right or is he wrong? All right. So next up in the news, this is pretty interesting. I found this article in Forbes. And Bitcoin Core developer joins forces with former Morgan Stanley exec to warn the SEC. Yeah, so basically several prominent leaders representing nearly every aspect of both traditional and cryptocurrency finance have jointly submitted a letter to the U.S. SEC urging the regulator to modernize its methods. Long considered a boon to the cryptocurrency space, the letter argues that enterprise adoption could actually corrupt some of Bitcoin's inherent benefits. Now, without jumping too far into that, specifically are talking about practices employed by the Internet Intercontinental Exchange, which is also known as ICE. That's the company that owns the New York Stock Exchange, which has announced 
they are implementing a cryptocurrency exchange called BACT, B-A-K-K-T. Uh, by storing all customers' funds in a single place and lending out or otherwise investing the stored cryptocurrency, it's known as commingling. It's in essence doing, I get what they're saying because it's in essence doing what banks have been doing, which led to the collapse, the financial collapse in 2007 and 2008, where a, a crypto asset, if in this case institutionalized, is not actually held by the people. So it could be lent out and technically be owned by multiple, the same coin on, owned by multiple people, which is not what cryptocurrency was designed to do, it was what it was designed to fight. So pretty interesting uh, take there with the SEC currently considering the Van Eck ETF. This ought to be interesting to see how this plays out and weighs out in their decision. And if it is all mentioned whenever they do finally give a decision on that ETF. All right, so also today, a U.S. member of Congress announced he's going to introduce three bills aimed at supporting the development of blockchain technologies, as well as the use of cryptocurrency within the United States. So Ember's first piece of legislation is a House resolution to express support for cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. This and the other two bills are aimed at supporting the use and development of blockchain technology in the U.S. Many other industries expert the U.S. government cannot do anything to stop their development. Therefore, legislators should be stepping in to provide a clear, concise, and legal framework for their use within the country. Absolutely agree with this. The second bill is called the Blockchain Regulatory Certainty Act. It confirms that certain entities such as cryptocurrency miners and multi-signature providers who never fully take control of consumer funds will not need to be registered as money transmitters. This is because they are only there to help validate the network's integrity by providing more security for those who use digital assets. So if you think about it, there is no clear law because there's never been anything like this. So it's definitely something that's needed to give some clear and concise rules around what it is. And it's looking to protect that industry to help ensure that it thrives, not only survives, but thrives. I mean, it's going to survive no matter what, but just this will help it survive and thrive, which is something we need in the USA right now as the rules right now are kind of stringent when it comes to cryptocurrency because they don't truly understand the asset. So the final bill that's offered the safe harbor for taxpayers with Sparked Assets Act of 2018 aims to address some confusion surrounding how to report gains made as a result of cryptocurrency Sparks to the IRS. So previously there was little IRS guidance on this matter. So the bill will be used to give taxpayers tight regulation about the use of forked funds. Furthermore, it will also protect them individuals from facing fines until the IRS establishes some guidelines on how taxpayers are to report their digital assets. So definitely some good news for crypto. These are a good thing for cryptocurrency and hopefully we'll see these things move forward. Uh, also in the news today, decentralized crypto exchanges could be the solution to many of the hacks. So it's been in the news and I don't really report it quite a bit because a lot of it is taking place in Japan, South Korea, but there has been some across the, across the US and across the world but hacking into cryptocurrency exchanges, now think about it, you're taking cryptocurrency, which in many cases is a decentralized asset, and you're holding it in a cryptocurrency exchange, a centralized cryptocurrency exchange, where you don't have access to your private keys. One solve to this problem is decentralized exchanges. Now many decentralized exchanges are not very user friendly, but that is changing. Many of them have become very user friendly, and that could be the solution to hacks. In a decentralized exchange, you can trade crypto with non-custodial wallets like Trezor, Ledger, and MetaMask. You know, or if you are on a digital decentralized exchange, you hold all your private keys. So 
So it's not like someone can just hack the exchange and take all the money. It has happened many times. Many exchanges have had to pay back lots of money based on hacks. All times, users have complete control over their funds by connecting their non-custodial wallets to the exchanges. Uh, decentralized exchanges have already started to appeal to a niche group of traders that are interested in investing in newly launched crypto with low liquidity prior to the integration on centralized exchanges. So it's also a chance to get in and get some crypto when it's cheap on these decentralized exchanges before hitting the big players, the big centralized exchanges. I myself personally, actually right before this episode, was on the Waves platform, uh, which is a decentralized exchange, scooping up some ultra cheap coins that I feel are gonna be worth a lot in one day, but they haven't hit those big markets yet. So taking advantage of the low, low pricing. All right, so if there's anything else on that, that's about it. Uh, it's, it's possible if we have better user interface and more incentive, users will explore decentralized exchanges as alternatives. As I mentioned in the past, when it comes to decentralized exchange, there is no customer support. Protect your backup keys, back up your backup keys on a physical sheet, save them in a safe or somewhere that's, 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 you know, guarded. And because if you forget your password, there is no customer service. You can contact to say, Hey, I forgot my password. You need your backup key security key, private keys, whatever you want to call it, to be able to access that account if you lose your password. All right, finally up in the news, Bitmain, the world's most valuable cryptocurrency mining company, isn't ready to relinquish its position as a dominant manufacturer of Bitcoin mining chips, at least not yet. Remember, I think it was last episode or the episode before, we talked about Bitfury releasing a new Bitcoin mining chip. Bitmain is currently at a conference in Russia where they announced their new uh, Bitcoin mining chip. The China-based firm announced that it had developed a new seven nanometer uh, application-specific integrated circuit, which is ASIC. You've heard me mention ASIC before. That's what it stands for. Mining chip for the SHA-256 algorithm used by Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and many other cryptocurrencies. Bitmain CEO Jihan Wu announced a new chip, the BM1391 at the World Digital Mining Summit in Georgia. That's Georgia, Russia, not in the U.S., adding that it will be deployed in the firm's next generation of mining rigs, the follow-up to the Antminer S9. Now, if you've looked at the price of the Antminer Ant S9s, they have come down drastically. I know people that early in the year paid up upwards of $3,500 for one S9 miner, and now you can get them for around $350. Not a bad deal if you're looking to get into doing some mining yourself. All right, so let's talk about crypto education. So in our crypto education corner today, i just got a couple things I want to talk about. I mentioned earlier about the Ripple uh, run-up that we saw over the last few days. Uh, this, this morning on social media, everybody was pumping the hype. Ripple is mooning. Ripple's taking off. Ripple's going to be big. And whether you like Ripple or not, let's look at it as a traded asset and what happens with traded assets. You've got people that are long-term holders. You've got people that are just looking to sell and get out of it whenever it runs back up. And you also have traders that are looking to make a profit. So when something runs up like Ripple, which is up 87% currently over the last seven days, over 100% if you count where it hit its, its high of the day earlier today when it hit almost 80 cents, you realize that, yeah, even if you're looking to get in a position, if you are already in Ripple and you see a drastic run up happen like that, learn how to set a stop loss. Not saying you need to sell, but Figure out where you're comfortable taking a profit. And as, as the asset may move up, you may want to go in and raise that stop loss higher, right? Delete, you know, cancel that first stop loss, raise it up a little more, just kind of trail that run. That way, whenever it does take a dip, because no matter what it is, 
it can't sustain a long run like that. When you look at the technicals on the chart, like I mentioned before, if you've got a TradingView account, pull it up on the TradingView account, and you can see that the, the three indicators I talk about watching that really help you identify the trend, the Bollinger Bands, the RSI, and the MACD, you know, the RSI and the Bollinger Bands show that this thing was way overbought. It was due for a correction, not saying it may not still continue the upward trend, but even when an asset is in an upward trend, you still have up and down movements along that trend. So you don't want to do what's called FOMO buying. And if you've ever heard that before, FOMO is fear of missing out. It's when people see all the hype, they see the coin. In this case today, it was Ripple. Just surging, out of control, going up, right? So just think about it, though. Many people buy at the top and then it dips. I'm not saying that's not a bad position if you're holding for the long term, but if you want to get the best possible entry point, you want to look at those different technicals to see when is a good entry point. So I mentioned on the social media group today that, hey, you know, there is going to be a dip coming. There is going to be a dump. Don't, you know, make sure you're aware of that. I wasn't trying to predict the price. Wasn't trying to, I was just basically trying to protect people. Hey, if you're in, be aware of it. If you want to take out some profits, maybe set a stop loss you're comfortable with. If you're not in, don't FOMO and buy at the top and then it dumps. And then you're sitting holding it upside down until it recovers. So just remember that you want to be aware of those situations. FOMO buying. Uh, when you're happy with the performance, if you're holding it and you're, you know, as things run up 15, 20, 30, 45, 50% in no time in 24 hours, set a stop loss, protect your profits. That way, when a dip does happen, you're able to get out. If you want to re-enter the position, you can buy back lower and actually increase what you're holding. And that's the key to it. So that's what I played a little trade. And I'm going to say it was very big today. Uh, watched it on my phone. I didn't, you know, I do hold quite a bit of Ripple, so I didn't sell everything, but actually put in a sell order right at 75 cents. And when it hit that 75 cents, executed the order, bought it back at 58 cents. Now, currently it's dropped all the way back down to 50%. We don't, but it spiked almost to 80. So what does that teach you? You're never going to catch the very top unless you're lucky. You know, it takes a lot of luck, but I got a point where I felt comfortable taking a profit. I got a point where I felt comfortable buying back in, increasing my holdings, even though it has dipped further. You don't know when it's going to hit the tippy top. You don't know when that dip is going to reverse again. So like I said, that's why we're currently sitting around 50, 51 cents right now. But overall, increase my holdings of XRP today, which is not possible if you're just holding. If you're holding, the amount stays the same all the time. Learn, learning how to trade those swings, not saying you got to do it every time, but that is something that can benefit you as you learn those technicals. Now, if you just want to buy and hold for the long term, just be aware that you may not, uh, if you're not aware, just go ahead and buy. If it's, if it's a good value at one price and you think long term it's going to be a big hold, then your entry point doesn't really matter that much. But if you're looking to maximize that entry point, that's what you want to pay attention to. So as I mentioned before, some of the tools you can use, TradingView. Set up a free account on TradingView.com. Set up your Bollinger Bands. Set up the MACD. Set up the RSI. And on your, on your Bollinger Bands, make sure you set your moving averages at, at a time period of 50. That will make sure you get the best, best view of your Bollinger Bands. But then you can also keep an eye when you're looking at something. As I mentioned in, in past episodes, RSI, I'll revisit that for a second. The Relative Strength Index, when something, you know, when, it, when you see that RSI spiking, to the upward side, you know that it's overbought. Overbought means that it's 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 due for a dip, which is right where Ripple was sitting today when I was making my statement about a dip. A, a dip is coming. 
And then when it drops well below the marker on the RSI, you see that it's very oversold. When something is extremely oversold, I'll give you an example. That was Ethereum. Ethereum was extremely in the over, RSI was extremely oversold. So great value. If you got in on a trade on that, you made some money today as well. As we saw Ethereum over the, over the 24 hour period spike up 15%, which was pretty interesting because at some point today, earlier in the day, Ripple passed up Ethereum as the second cryptocurrency in market cap value, but Ethereum was not going to take that line down, went on a run and is now sitting uh, right above Ripple again. Quite an interesting market cap on Ethereum right now is 24.8 billion. Market cap on Ripple is 20.51 billion. Either way, great to see a lot of green in the market. Is this a true trend reversal? We will see. We have pierced that 6,800 mark uh, earlier today. That was a key area of resistance sitting right below that right now, but that may help us if we continue that run up. We may see Bitcoin eclipse 7,000 sometime over the weekend or early part of next week. So that is it for our cryptocurrency podcast today. I want to thank you for listening in. All of the news articles we talk about each episode can be found on our Facebook page under the same name as this podcast, From No Crypto to No Crypto. Make sure if you haven't already, find our Facebook page, give it a like. Uh, also, if you get a chance, after you hit like, hit follow, and you'll get the option to choose follow first. That'll make sure you never miss an update, never miss an episode. You'll see it in your timeline whenever you log in. Make sure Facebook doesn't hide it from you and you can keep up with what's going on in the market. So once again, thank you for listening in, and we'll see you on the next episode.